0: Thank you for listening to this podcast one production available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that Leo chico pit bull, Mister Three Hundred Five, but I said Mister Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here, at Negative to Positive, is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. (laughs) Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify.
1: We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in.
2: Hey guys, Perry here. Before we continue today's episode of Movie Talk, let me ask you a little question. Have you ever played the game Forge of Empires? It's a city building game and also one of our sponsors for today's episode. In Forge of Empires, you can guide a village through the different epics of human history from the Stone Age all the way to the future. Through skillful planning on the battlefield, you can expand your sphere of influence and create an immersive empire. And what's more, there are continuous content updates to ensure years of fun, together with millions of players around the world. And guess what? You can switch between browser, iOS, and Android devices at any time while playing Forge of Empires. If you're new to the game, I've got some great news for you right now. For a limited time, Collider fans can go to forgeofempires.com backslash collider and get a bonus of $10 worth of diamonds. So download the game today by clicking the link in the description section of this episode in order to get yourself a $10 starter package this will give you 650 diamonds to start building your own empire diamonds though are virtual in-game currency there is no cash payout only for new registrations not transferable simply go on over to forge of empires.com backslash collider right now download install click claim gift and get your 650 diamonds right from the start
0: Stay little chico people, mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you gotta play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farmers
1: We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. Take a treat retreat at McDonald's right now get a cafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.
2: What a lineup today we are digging into the brand new Joker trailer on top of that. we've got a casting update on the Black Widow movie and then oh cats. Oh, boy, cats. Wait until you hear how they are making that movie. It is something else. And on top of that, there is breaking news happening right now as we sit at this desk from CinemaCon. It's the Disney panel that's happening right now. So you know what? Things might go off the rails. We might bring up (laughs) random topics like, hey, maybe this tweet from Eric Davis that says the Fox side is now teasing more apes. Kingsman, Avatar, Alien, and Maze Runner movies. Not what I expected to hear out of that panel, but before we get into any of that, Haley, Jay, welcome to yeah. the set. I'm happy to be back. How are you guys doing today? Good to be here with you. Always. Oh, so warm and loving all the time, Jay. I'm do my best. to be my best too. <laughs> and we got our sinister side out of our system this morning because yes. do you want to tell everybody where we
3: went? Ooh, we went to this wonderful, cool pop-up exhibit that just uh, is opening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's called, is I love scary movies I like I
2: love scary movies I love scary movies and I keep wanting to call it scary stories because (laughs) of the movie I keep wanting to say I like
3: scary movies which is really underselling it don't you think um but it's wonderful it's so cool there are so many wonderful photo ops that you can take there they they built sort of recreations and fun inventions from Nightmare on Elm Street the Lost Boys Beetlejuice uh The Shining really fun stuff and I, I can't recommend it enough
2: yeah I'm right there with you lot of uh, silly photos on Instagram right now. So check out the Collider video feed. We had a lot of fun this morning. All right. Digging into this first story here. It is a big one. We got the very first trailer for Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix today. Of course, this movie is directed by Todd Phillips, due in theaters on October 4th. We actually spoke about this a lot yesterday because we we got that first uh, poster and we knew the trailer was coming today. So I made a prediction, Jay made a prediction, and Coy made a prediction. I can't quite remember who predicted what, so I'm going to leave it to you, Jay. Based on what we got in this trailer, who won the game? Coy. Okay, I'm not surprised.
4: Because he said it would be more artistic looking. Okay. And that's kind of what we got. You didn't get much of the, I thought we, you thought we were going hard on. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought there was going to be more blood. I thought we were going to teeter that line towards it, and we really didn't get that. So, Corey was right. You were going to get more of the artsy look and the feel of it to let you know it's a character study and things like that. So, that's what we got out of this. I mean, I liked it. I liked the trail. I'm like, okay, I'm interested in it. Because I've always, when they first said they were doing this, I was like, I kind of don't want it because I don't want a Joker origin story. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that we don't know where this madman came from we don't know how he got to this point but seeing what they're kind of doing with it especially with his mother i get a norman Bates psycho type vibe Mm -hmm. or even oswald cobblepot in gotham the way he's with his mother so i get that
2: i'm really digging this so far and It's like I really like the mystery around the character of the Joker Mm -hmm. also but the way they seem to explore it here is I mean there is a little bit of a quality that feels very true to life. In particular just the importance they're placing on what it means to smile right now. I know it's like a little bit of a cheeky tagline but if you look throughout the movie you see so many different versions of a smile from something super sinister to something really genuine like the footage when he's with his mother and it just kind of it goes to show that you can judge something on the surface and deep down something might be brewing that you just do not expect whatsoever. Even when he
4: makes himself, when he grabs Mm. his mouth and he forces himself to smile and it's just in that to the point where you see him get jumped on the train and all he can do is laugh. Mm -hmm. Like what hits that point? Because he's in the makeup at that point. Like he's clearly doing a job where he had to be dressed as this clown and who knows how it goes from there.
2: It looks like something else. Haley, how you feeling about this one? It's really such an interesting
3: film. I'm fascinated to see what it turns out to be. I feel really good about it. It's a great trailer. The movie looks fantastic. But it doesn't really feel like the Joker to me yet, probably because it is this origin story and because it's a very emotional origin story. And I, I never think of the Joker as like a sad man, you know? So that's a little hard for me to take, but I'm... Still in. I, it doesn't have that Joker feel, feeling yet for me, that flavor, but I'm so intrigued, and the
2: trailer was really good. Sad on the inside, maybe? Yeah. Like, like a sadness maybe. that we never really had access but to, but we never saw that. N- I never. Yeah.
4: We've never seen I think yeah. that's- Which that's could no, be the good thing. It could be. Now, I, I, it, absolutely. Could, it could be. It could be. <laughs> it could be. But it's just that I just feel like with a villain like the Joker, one of the greatest villains of all time, I don't want to feel sympathy or right. empathy for him. And I'm going to with this movie.
3: There's a there's a mystique and charisma to him that, that this pierces a little bit. Yeah. And maybe it's good that that makes me kind of uncomfortable because that means we're getting something mm-hmm. different and exciting. But I don't, you know, we'll see when the film comes out ultimately where I fall on
2: that. It's just definitely very jarring. Yeah, I, I would probably describe it as, as jarring and like super unsettling and almost... It's difficult to watch in a way that I can't take my eyes off of it. I feel like this trailer almost felt like a bit of a, a really upsetting downward spri- spiral, yeah. and I want to go on that spiral further.
4: Can we talk about how small Joaquin Phoenix is in this trailer? <laughs> like, he got frail yeah. for this character. Like, when there's the one scene where you see his back, and you can literally see his spinal column, mm-hmm. and, um, and then you see the front, you see how small he is, I'm like, okay, is there a reason we wanted him that small? For the role, you know, is that, yeah. does that, does that better yet explain the him being pushed around and everything and being bullied? Because if we're going to killing joke route, the killing joke, he was real skinny in that. Mm-hmm. So if that's the way they're going with it, I was like, okay, this is another interesting take. Little small things I picked up on.
3: I also, something that's interesting to me because we're, you know, we're talking about this idea of it being an origin story, which nobody ever wanted for the right. Joker, but also you can't really trust him. So like, maybe this is another, we're seeing him tell another one. ...one of his fake origin stories... Which could be the case, but I also think they're doing Unreliable Narrator with the Harley Quinn movie, so I don't know if they want to do two hmm. back-to-back, yeah. but it's a, it's something I've been thinking about, like, is this actually his origin story, or are we going to find out that
2: he's he's just given one of his tales? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually sit through the final feature with one interpretation of what's happening, and there's, there's something in the third act of the film that kind of turns it on its head, right. kind of in the way that I just described the smile. Like, you make a you have a certain impression based on strictly what you're seeing but there winds up being something else that you weren't even aware of lurking underneath Mm -hmm. and i kind of like that idea like that touch on this story it's going to be interesting to see what they wind up doing with because the movie doesn't come out until october they've got a long way to go we are going to get more trailers and i'm curious to see how deep they dig with the story and also when we get that red band trailer How
4: how many more trailers do you want
2: Oh man, that's that's tough to say until I see whatever the next one is. Okay. I mean, this this one left me wanting more in a place where I felt comfortable getting more mm-hmm. without running the risk of spoiling anything, but depending on what that next one is I might be alright, I'm good.
4: Yeah, not that you know, some movies, not like, not that, up that up reaction
2: yeah. has ever stopped me from watching more. <laughs> but
4: I,
3: how do you guys feel about the, the Scorsese feeling of it all? Because he,
2: he ultimately didn't end up producing it, but
4: it's mm-hmm. very yeah, it clearly feel, yes.
3: inspired by him.
2: I really dig it. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the King of Comedy taxi driver stuff, it comes through big time, but mm-hmm. in a way that felt right to me and not necessarily distracting. And I just love the color palette of this. I mean you look at this uh, you look at this entire trailer and there's almost like this this contradiction between the the grayish washed out skin tones and then these pops of colors mm-hmm. places that I mean that in and of itself kind of puts you off balance a little. Yeah. And I think that serves what they're trying to do with the character well
4: well I think the color palettes are great I know one thing every goodwill will be selling all of their suits now (laughs) thanks to this trailer
3: absolutely because
4: it's a great cosplay The way it's a look, it's a different look. That's one of the things about this I do love. Every Joker we've ever seen has had their own touch and feel to it. Mm -hmm. From Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and now Joaquin Phoenix. Even though Joaquin Phoenix's look like it plays an ode to both Ledger's as well as Romero's. Mm -hmm. But it's all its own feel. And again... I'm not saying, like, no one ever asked for a Joker origin movie. I'm interested in, like you said, I'm going to go see it as well. I want to see this. I want it to be good. I want it to be dope. I just want to just keep knowing what the feel is going to be and more than just this trailer we got.
2: I'm right there with you. I'm rooting for this movie, but I'm also rooting for the movie to succeed beyond itself just because I love the idea of Warner Brothers taking risks with standalone yep, yes. pieces so if they have a success with this one right out the gate I think that's going to be a really good sign for super bold creative opportunities going forward one story thing I wanted to ask you guys based on what we see in the trailer do you have any new ideas about how they might work Bruce Wayne into the story
4: he's probably the kid
2: he, Yeah, yeah yeah that, that kid is credited as yeah. young bruce wayne on imdb yeah, not that, that that's always accurate but i would think that
4: little kid he has in inter- because he'll interact more with thomas wayne and so bruce may be that little bitty kid mm-hmm. this might lead up to when thomas and martha are murdered or something like that you know but either way it goes that little kid that he gave the smile to i think that's bruce
3: I'm with that, yeah. And I actually really like your idea of it leading into the murder. I think that would be a, a nice tie-in that doesn't yeah. demand it to be a crossover film. It yeah. would also
2: be a nice way to turn that I guess that big screen cliche in yeah. a way on its head because there's been a couple of Batman movies that have opened with, <laughs> with that. The, yeah, with the I the just to have one close with it. I kind of like that now. I do too. Alright, moving on to our next story here, which is a casting story. This is very exciting because we've got an update on Marvel's Black Widow movie. So according to variety, David Harbour is currently in talks to join the film as is recent Oscar nominee Rachel Weiss and she is apparently up for a key role in the movie. Her deal isn't complete but Variety is claiming that there is strong interest on both sides of that negotiation, so high hope that that pans out and if the two of them do wind up signing on for the movie, they're obviously going to join Scarlett Johansson, and then also Florence Pugh. We have Kate Shortland who is on board to direct the film. Yeah, I guess just let the Rachel Vice David Harbour appreciation section <laughs> of our show begin. <laughs> who wants to jump in first? I assume everybody agrees. Yeah, because
4: I see up- Haley <laughs> ready to explode, so I'll let him. Yeah, every
2: time you bring Rachel it up,
3: Vice. I do a little dance. Oh my god, Rachel Vice David Harbour, <laughs> this is just so sexy. It's like beautiful, wonderful <laughs> casting, and I, I can't wait to find out more details of who they're playing, because we get nothing Nothing. Mm-hmm. We know nothing. Yeah. Um, I. But it. It speaks
2: to the quality of the actors that we don't care and we're already like, <laughs> hell yeah. yes. It's very special when you come across someone like that when you're like, I don't care what it yeah. is. If they're attached, I'm
3: sold. And it's it's so, I mean, I hope that they have scenes together because now that this news came out in the same day, my mind just keeps wanting to put them in scenes together and I
4: need <laughs> it to
2: happen. Understandable. Uh, curious Jay.
4: Yeah, I'm what happy. Th- what do I oh, think? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy first and foremost, but what do I think?
2: Oh, I was going to ask specifically about David Harbour in particular because he is just at the top of my mind right now because we have Hellboy coming up. And I'm excited for Hellboy, but I can't Is he excited for Hellboy then? Oh, that's
4: a big question. That's the question. Is he excited for? Because to go from Hellboy, which you can potentially do more films potentially, to jump right into the MCU. Now, we don't know if he has a major part, if he has that one scene. You know, they just show him and he's done. But is could that be the? Those are questions that need to be asked. Does he feel confident about Hellboy? Right. Because we like we were talking about earlier before we started filming. We have not seen much promotion for this. Like you get a trailer here and there. That's it. Very minimal buzz. Very yeah. minimal buzz.
2: I think I'm just you know hitting that realistic wall realizing that, you know, things might not pan out so great for Hellboy, sadly, because I'm such a big fan of the team that's working on that movie, but, you know, it was a big deal for David Harbour. It's not like he's new to the industry by any means, but this was really his first headlining studio film. He's working with a really hot property and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself by saying this without seeing the movie, but I, I think my hopes and expectations have diminished the closer we got to that movie's release date. I think that's incredibly
3: fair based on just how the, the studio has treated it. doesn't speak to a level of confidence mm-hmm. you want in a, a movie you're excited about. I, But this is... It doesn't mean that he's, like, not into Hellboy, although I think you might be right. Uh,
1: <laughs> it, it,
3: because we've seen multiple times now that actors can cross the comic book lines and do two at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. Josh Brolin being sort of the benchmark example of not that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it is exciting, like... He's a great actor. We all love him from Stranger Things. I I was obsessed with the show Manhattan, and he was phenomenal in the first season. He deserves this kind of break, and he's worked so long and so hard for it. We also
4: forget he was in Suicide Squad. He is in Suicide Squad.
3: We do forget that. It's an easy thing to forget. You see what I'm saying?
4: He is in that movie. He's been in the DCEU, and now he's going to the MCU. Of course, we don't know anything about the movie at all, the Black Widow movie, which I think is so dope, given the fact they go into production in June. They start in two
2: months. Leave c- it that way. Leave it that way at least until we see Endgame.
4: Yeah, I think Smart. that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I, think I, I, gonna- I don't
2: think. I, and I really do hope that no information leaks before then either. So I guys, have a feeling they are very good at keeping that stuff under wraps. Oh, but yeah. it's just like nowadays you never know. You do
3: not know. And do you guys think that because that they're finally making this film, that they're sort of poising Black Widow to become a leading
2: figure in the future of the franchise? It's very difficult to answer that question because I th- and this is a very like simplistic way of looking at life in the MCU post Endgame. But I feel like my mind initially just said Old Avengers out, New Avengers in. So I have a very difficult time picturing Black Widow in this other group that I've already assembled, which isn't fair and know. makes no sense. But it's just where my mind has been at for so long now.
4: Yeah, I, that's that's one of the things we don't know what the timeline of this movie is because that's been my biggest thing no matter what. I've always said when they said it was a Black Widow film I'm like well I think a solo film for her is way too late if it's an origin film but if this is a mission post end game then we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And who knows where we're
2: going to land in terms of, I know there's some predictions out there about different dimensions. Right. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if we have two parallel storylines in the MCU post-Endgame? Dimensions are so hot right now, guys. It is like the number one storytelling <laughs>
3: trend across TV and film that I'm fascinated by with uh, Happy Death Day to You, with yes. um, Russian Doll. We're seeing a lot of this happening right now, and I'm super into it. Obviously, spider verse I, I like that, but I just, okay, so my thing is I really hope that this is not set in the past, not just because nobody needs that origin story at this point, but because they're putting together such an incredible cast, I don't want them to be one and done.
4: That's the thing too, like could this be a one, you know, you're in the MCU, we see now these A-list stars are gravitating towards the MCU because they know what it can be. You have the you know, Angelina Jolie potentially being in the the Eternals, right? You know, granted, that's a movie that'll be like a one and done, Mm. but we'll reference it for future, you know, movies. But with this Scarlett Johansson Black Widow movie, you want to be able to see Rachel Vice more. You want to be able to see David Harbour more. I want to see Florence Pugh more. I want to see where all of this goes. It just ugh.
3: And I really hope that Rachel Weiss gets to kick some ass. I'm that right there right with you. In, I, I pray because <laughs> she hasn't really done actions since The Mummy.
4: And I think that's what they're going to... I think they're setting up <laughs> for her and Florence Pugh as well as Scarlett Johansson to all be kick-ass spies in some regard. Yes. I,
2: Sounds good to me. I believe that's what they're going so. to I'm going to make one really bold, potentially stupid prediction right now and say that Avengers Endgame ends with our three leading men basically meeting their end and having to sacrifice themselves in order to save others. And then what results is two separate timelines. On one side, we have folks who are dusted, like Spider-Man and Black Panther. And on the other side, we're left with maybe hawkeye slash ronin black widow mm. ant-man and that's what winds up dividing the franchise onto two tracks i don't know that's it that still seems like a little crazy Ooh. and i'm not fully behind it myself but the
4: only reason the only reason i'm 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 kind of like i don't know about it because they've already announced that a black panther sequel is happening
3: yeah well, But, but, that's, but that's that would exist on one side. That could exist on one side, yeah. So, my thing, and maybe <coughs> I could see it because, you know, maybe Marvel is changing their their gameplay, sort of, but, like, they have built their franchise and their model around incorporating it all into one story. So, it would be interesting to me to see them abandon that technique. However,
2: Endgame would be the time to change... It's the perfect your, way to do yeah. it. Yeah, they gotta shake it up big time. Right. I mean, it it is... Uh, no easy feat to make as many movies as they, as they have over so many years, but it's like as much as we love it, and as much as it's riding high right now, they still have to be thinking about longevity. And if you're going to keep a franchise going for this long, you have to make a bold move and shake it up. We're, I see a very firm yes, finger point happening. You know right what that
4: now. means. So speaking of talking about Marvel and Disney, uh, Barry Hertz, who is at CinemaCon, just said, "New look at Aladdin includes a full performance of Friend in Me,' including Will Smith." Br- Briefly beatboxing. I'm going to be honest. It's a pure nightmare fuel. It just oh, looks unnatural. Oh, no. Said, But the audience liked it, though.
2: Interesting. The
4: audience liked it.
2: That's actually a really good segue to our next story, and I wish I could take that opportunity really <laughs> quickly, but I have to tell you guys that we're taking your live Twitter questions at the end of the show. Hashtag Collider Movie Talk. But now taking that baton that you just passed yes. me and passing it along to our third story which it does sound like it's a little bit of nightmare fuel out of just seeing Cinemacon. the genie
4: in blue beatbox that is terrifying just I
2: don't know I try to not judge until I see it with <laughs> oh, no, I'm my just own saying eyes just but... seeing
4: that blue genie just is like he will fight you like that's what I'm scared go ahead
2: okay I'm curious I'm curious we're gonna have to wait and see on that one but the nightmare fuel I'm talking about right now are the reports that are circling around this cats movie so to Tom Hooper, who did the Lame Miz big screen adaptation, he's directing a Cats movie, and uh, at CinemaCon, they were part of the presentation, didn't have any footage to show, but they did show behind-the-scenes footage, and they explained a little bit about what the visuals are going to look like without actually... Showing the audience what the visuals mm. <laughs> look like And the reactions are kind of funny um, In Jeff's report He added a quote that says From uh, from Tom Hooper that says It's a very timely story about the importance Of inclusion and in community and forgiveness and redemptions And redemption That sounds wonderful Then some other reports go into how they're going to make the cats look And apparently they're using a digital Fur technology So they're going to have more realistic fur And on top of that The actors here, there's going to be heavy VFX in the movie, and they're basically wearing suits with the little tracking dots all over it, and then the the fur technology will be over them, but I still can't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth, but they will all be like... People size, but in order for these people to act as though they are cats in a real world, they're making oversized sets. So basically, picture a kitchen set with a gigantic chair so that, I don't know, like Judy Dench looks like she's the size of a cat next to that chair. I can't, I can't handle it. I, I mean, that's what they it. did in Eternal
3: Sunshine, right? For that one scene, but we're getting a, a very whole different movie. situation. Yeah,
4: <laughs> Perry is just overloading because it's cats, nothing yeah. else.
2: <laughs> you know, you would think with my intense love of Dewey that I would be, I would be into Cats the musical. I don't think I think I've seen it like once in ba- so. When I was in middle school and we would do band class and the teacher didn't feel like teaching, he would just sit us all down and put in a VHS of of like a Broadway production filmed. And I think I watched Cats once that way and was just not into it's, it. it's not the best musical it's
3: just straight <laughs> up not the best musical you and uh, want to see Taylor Swift as a cat I, I absolutely want to see that <laughs> It has nothing to do with the quality of the musical yeah, this is, this is I, true. but I'm uh, alarmed by the fur technology <laughs> that sounds terrifying <laughs> and I, I can't wait to see it because it it just doesn't sound like the right choice
2: to me
4: <laughs> Idris Elba with fur scares me
2: yeah <laughs> this a lot of this sound a lot of the sounds <clears throat> fascinating to me, in such a backwards way. It's like as I read all of these descriptions about what they saw and what they heard, it somehow ups my interest in seeing the movie, but I think I'm just curious to see how big of a disaster it could be. There's a big WTF factor going on here yes, that I is. think is drawing a lot
3: of interest, and maybe not the right kind of interest where we're like, wow, this sounds amazing. I it's, don't
2: know. It, it sounds weird.
4: It just tickles me because I'm, I'm sitting there picturing myself just watching Jennifer Hudson big cat.
2: I already have a little <laughs> bit of an obsession watching B-roll when they give out an EPK package because I'm yeah. fascinated yeah. behind the scenes. I have a feeling I might want to watch the B-roll for this movie more so than the movie itself. And, you know, I want to give Tom Hooper the benefit of the doubt because we were just talking before we even went on air. I know lay Miz gets a lot of crap now and mm-hmm think it deserves it. I rewatched the movie very recently and there are just certain sequences that between the camera work and the performances and the singing it really is an astounding achievement. So I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that this batshit crazy idea, this batshit crazy production mm. could actually churn out a good movie but I don't know. The two things just don't compute right now. I will say that I, I'm, I haven't seen Les Mis in a
3: really long time. I'm a huge huge fan of the musical and uh it it was really stunning to me to see him bring the barricade scenes to life in a way that I found very moving and powerful. Mm -hmm. So he has a way of working with sets that I admire, which makes me very curious Mm -hmm. about this set construction. I'm not as maybe as big a fan of his work as you're indicating, but certainly there are techniques in his direction, specifically the way he works with sets in that musical that I I can't wait to see if he can replicate it.
4: I I have some more stuff from CinemaCon. And speaking of cats... I've
2: I've got a tweet to read, too. Do you want to go first? Uh,
4: mine's <laughs> from the, the live-action Lion King.
2: Are you oh. going to read Jeff's tweets?
4: No, I don't have Jeff's.
2: All right, you go first, and then okay, I'll read Jeff's.
4: Okay, says, clip from the live-action Lion King just shown, it contained about 90% of the original dialogue. Wow. Mm. So many people were wor- wondering about that. Were they going to like pretty much remake the movie dialogue line for line, or was it going to go in its own original unique take?
2: I think I maybe it's because I'm so precious about The Lion King. It's my f- absolute favorite of all the classic yeah. Disney animated films. I was just the perfect age. I vividly remember who I saw it with in theaters for the very first time. Mm. I will never forget that movie. It was one of my first like major cinematic obsessions. But I've been teetering on that line of whether or not I want to see them stay so faithful to the source material or veer away from it. Because when I think about some of the other things they brought to screen live action style, I mean, like Cinderella is... Is great. And I think that's so faithful and pure. And some of my least favorite parts of Beauty and the Beast were some of the new things that were added. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I'm veering towards how it's being described thus far, even though it, it is essentially a rehash of something I've seen before. I would, I mean, I would hope
3: that there's something new in it because you point to Cinderella, which is my personal favorite mm-hmm. of the remake so far. It, it is very faithful to the spirit of the original. However, there's a lot that's actually changed in in the film itself. The relationship with the prince is very much blown out. They barely interact in the original film. Uh, she doesn't have her iconic songs. She I think gets I mean more songs. of like the purity. Yeah, of so it. that's what I mean. The more spirit of like the, yeah, like the very purity true. and the and the tone. But but in terms of actually keeping the dialogue and making an exact replica of the original film i'm less interested in that because why
4: yeah because that's what a lot of people thought when we saw the little teaser we got with the opening scene with the animals and everything with the baby simba and everything it was like literally the shot for shot of the begin of the the animated film and i don't know if i want to see this done the same way like i'm hurt that i have to see mufasa die again oh i know that's the one thing i don't i can't handle
3: how dare you disney
4: You know, all of us who, as kids, we saw this, we cried. If you didn't cry seeing Mufasa die, you have no soul. (laughs) And so now to have to watch this, you know, granted, they have an amazing cast ensemble for this. They have an amazing cast. But if you're going with the same dialogue, I feel like you can, like you say, update it a little bit, but don't take too much from it.
3: Just get the spirit right. That's the yes. most important part. I, I'm not anti this movie in any way. I'm actually super excited about it and, and, you know, as we saw in the Jungle Book, Jon Favreau likes to advance technology with his films mm-hmm. and I find that mm-hmm. fascinating. But I do hope there's some new element to it, some new soul in it that that makes it a worthwhile experience that doesn't just feel
2: like they painted by numbers but with CGI.
1: Yeah,
2: It's, it's fair. It's fair and I know this kind of makes me part of the problem but I think I'm because I'm so precious about that story, it's like even though you ask, like, why, what would be the point, and I can't come up with a good answer, it's hard not to want it, if that makes any sense whatsoever. It does. This is always,
3: I mean, this is just one of the conversations you always have about remakes in general. Yeah. Like, that already exists. So if I want that, I will go to that I will go revisit film. it,
4: right. It's, yeah. well, I mean... It's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> as long as it's okay. I'll, I'll, help you, I'll help you switch train of thought. I got another bit of news from Cinema, for CinemaCon. Okay, let's do uh, it. JoeBlow.com is saying they got a behind-the-scenes look at Maleficent, Mistress, Mistress of Evil, with some finished footage. Now, it looks like a worthwhile sequel to the fans of the first, with Michelle Pfeiffer taking on a role as a bane to Angelina Jolie's Maleficent. Might benefit from not having to live up to a cartoon.
2: Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Maleficent, so this isn't uh, at the top of my list. I just
4: uh, saw it, and I was like, I feel like we should... Okay, there we go, next.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm interested.
3: I want to watch Angelina Jolie and Michelle Pfeiffer be fabulous at each other, absolutely. And uh, somebody on here was describing her gown, which has, like skulls and bones sewn into it. That sounds very fun. I don't know. Maleficent was a very bold Disney movie because it's essentially a rape revenge film. I know. And uh, that makes me interested in the sequel because whenever Disney wants to get super weird, like literally self-owning in Dumbo, they made a movie about how bad they are. It's all about this big corporate thing coming in and taking over a smaller enterprise.
2: (laughs) Uh, I like when Disney gets weird. I'm interested. This little thing that Eric Davis wrote does intrigue me a little bit. Angelina Jolie says the film is about whether or not Maleficent can be a mother to Aurora. She loves her daughter, but there's still darkness within her. I don't know if there is a strong internal battle happening there. I don't know. That might pique my interest if I could separate it from Maleficent, because that is what the movie is, and that would have been fine for them to take a bold swing like that, except... The way that they construct the story, it's kind of backwards hmm. and yeah. like mildly inappropriate. <laughs> well, or at least I found it that way. <laughs> I was like, re- really, that got a WTF reaction out of me when yeah. I hit that scene of the movie. Fair All enough. Right. All right. Before we hit more CinemaCon uh, coverage right now, we're going to roll into our fourth official story of the day, and it's that Captain Marvel has officially passed the $1 billion mark at the global box office. This feat makes it the seventh MCU movie to do so, and according to Variety, in total, the 21 films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe have collectively grossed $18.5 billion to date. Wow, that is a lot of money. Does this surprise you at all that Captain Marvel achieved this feat?
4: Nope. Just because Avengers in uh, Endgame, excuse me, is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. No surprise at all. I think everybody knew it was going to hit a billion. Marvel went all out with the promotion for this. They made sure they got the word out and they keep pushing it. They'll push in game and they're still pushing Captain Marvel. So they wanted to make sure this keeps making money. Now how much it'll do after Endgame speak will speak a lot too. Because remember last year Black Panther kept making money mm-hmm. after Infinity War. So that'll be a big thing for it. Either way it goes, it's already crossed that billion dollar mark, so they're mm-hmm. good.
2: Yeah, yeah they're solid. They, yeah, they're gonna do well too because I do think as far as legs at the box office go, endgame is now going to help this. It's going to keep Captain Marvel in the in basically the yeah. spotlight, and hopefully urge people who are excited to see Endgame to go back and watch Captain Marvel if they haven't done so already. But going way way back to the beginning of the year, even though I knew this movie was going to make a lot of money, I most certainly wasn't sold on it crossing the billion dollar mark, especially because I don't believe that Spider-Man: Homecoming ever did, and that was a beloved movie with one of the most famous Marvel superheroes yeah, there is. We have so many spider man we we've do, had so many reboots yeah. we do but i did think that spider-man being back and specifically spider-man having his own movie in the mcu was going to be the mm-hmm. thing to nudge it over and then i also don't believe that wonder woman crossed the billion dollar mark and that movie i mean that movie was also so beloved Wait, in a didn't? major event I, I think it came in worldwide just under but i'll confirm okay. that now
4: yeah because I was like I thought they did it and then when Aquaman did it they were like okay DC knows what they're doing with and Solo not that Sandler. coming
2: in under a no, no no it's is, really
4: bad is, is well, no, no, it's not bad at all yeah, right really. yeah. but it's just I thought that they, that movie had done it because of what it was doing at the box office anyway.
3: I, I also thought it fell short but let's see what Perry's research was uh, 821
2: million dollars uh, okay. worldwide it did fall a little short okay. Peanuts
4: <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. they're like, we made $800 million. Oh, yeah. 200000000 million? We'll get that back. Don't worry. DVD sales come out soon. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs>
2: shifting over to the DC film franchise now, we also have another superhero box office update because some of the projections for Shazam this weekend are pouring in and it seems like a bunch of them have pegged the number $45 million which, personally, to me, seems a little bit low, but I'm also... Yeah. So another site that I looked at had a range Of 45 million to 55 million. And I think at this point in time, I'm coming right in the middle with about 50 million. And the reason I'm not going on the higher end of it, even though I am like so freaking thrilled about Shazam, I saw it again last night and wow, do I love this movie. But I'm just concerned about all of the competition right now because I also think. Pet Cemetery is going to make a good deal of money. I think Dumbo, even though I do see it having a big weekend to drop, it's still going to make a decent amount of money. Also, Us is going to make more money, and Captain Marvel is still in the mix. So it's just as good as Shazam is, and as much as I do think it's going to have legs mm-hmm. and make a nice chunk of cash. There's only so much to go around this mm-hmm. specific weekend.
4: Yeah, I wonder what the what were the, did it make like three million during that advance screening yeah. weekend, something like that. So yeah, we're looking at it, hoping to make forty-two. You know, to get that opening weekend total, at least. Yeah, the fact that Us is still there and Dumbo is there, Captain Marvel as well, because people are going to see Captain Marvel to catch up before Endgame. I think it'll hit it. It'll definitely hit like 50, probably.
3: Yeah, it it seems just hearing 50 for like a DC movie sounds so low to me yes, that my brain wants to reject it, <laughs> but you make a very good mm. point about there's only so many pieces of the pie to go around, so to speak. And I I don't know though the buzz is so strong on it and I think it's going to do well. I think it's absolutely going to beat 45, yeah, no doubt so in my do mind. I. But I'm I'm maybe leaning towards the higher number.
2: I I wouldn't mind seeing that pan out if Shazam makes $55 million this weekend and Pet Cemetery makes 30 I will be one of the happiest human beings <laughs> on this planet. But remember when the early projections for Aquaman came in and they were something like sixty-five million dollars, and, and everyone's destroyed. like, everyone's like, uh-oh, it's gonna be the lowest opening for the DC film franchise. And then it wound up to be one of the most <laughs> what are profitable. Like, yeah. Two
4: thirty something like it's, that. It's
0: Open week It's like
2: Jeez. the the amount it made over the whole course of its run is oh, yeah, like ridiculous. nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah. So when I think about Shazam, the content, the tone, and the spirit of that. That movie, that's what leads me to see an A, if not A plus cinema yeah. sports. Really, when I walked out of that second screening last night, and usually, I, I try so hard to always see, like, the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. and usually I can latch on to something that someone else feels, even if it's different from my own opinion. Shazam! It's like if you don't like Shazam, do you not have a heart? It is just so sweet and charming and fun. That was really just it such a, a delightful fun, film. It's a
4: very fun film. I love Shazam so much. I, and this is somebody who has been hesitant on DC films. Like I loved it. I was I was in from the opening credits mm. to the end, and I was like, let me see this again. I love this film. I want this film to make more money than what it's going to make. But unfortunately, it's at the worst weekend it could be.
3: Well, I. <sighs> I'm really not convinced that it's going to perform low, even, you know, at low by D.C. Yeah, by standards. DC, yeah. But especially because we're talking about Aquaman, they've got a lot of goodwill right now coming mm-hmm. off of Aquaman. People are like back yeah. on the D.C. train. People who had maybe jumped ship before are, are feeling what they're doing again. I really think it's going to surprise, and maybe I'm just optimistic. Uh, No, that's not true. Everybody knows that's not true, but I I do. I
2: I think it's going to surprise and do really well. Haley, I want you to be right. I please know. be right.
4: Can we do one more from CinemaCon yes, real please, quick? Jay. We didn't talk about this, but during the Disney footage, they showed the extended "I like this one" scene from Captain Mo- from uh, Endgame. They say it concludes with Captain Ma- Captain America saying, "Let's get this son of a bitch." Language, now, the fact that, right? The fact that Steve Rogers says that is going to be how shows you how serious the tone is. But I wonder does Tony say wow. language? I hope so. I, he's got to say it. He's got to. He's got to.
3: They're back in their brodom. We saw them shaking hands. It's time you to. Whips.
4: You know that you trust me. Yeah. yeah,
2: so we good. Well, apparently, they're showing seventeen, the first seventeen minutes of Toy Story four, and our own Jeff Snyder isn't staying for it. I'm oh. leaving. I don't want to see this out of context. Sorry, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, who's going that to write
4: really it sat, up for the site? That
2: sounds what? like Cider so much. <laughs> I really want to know if it's good or not. Well,
4: there'll
3: be plenty of other people tweeting.
4: I'm not staying.
2: Oh, man, so much out of CinemaCon right now. And uh, we'll hopefully have more updates for you tomorrow. I mean, the event is still going to progress. Hopefully more footage from more studios will be shown soon. Well, so I don't, I don't want to move
3: on from CinemaCon without addressing the fact that she said more freaking alien. I feel like we oh, really
4: yeah, never overshadowed did. that. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, they said. They are now doing Fox will do more Planet Games oh, movies, Oh, uh, from, more from alien the very movie.
2: beginning. I forgot that happened at the beginning of this show. I thought <laughs> yeah. that happened yesterday.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they didn't do more. We're getting no. more Alien movies as long yes. as we don't get another Prometheus or Alien Covenant. Whatever. We sorry. can
2: disagree on things, and I'll still be your friend. Okay, but yeah. I like those. Movies. The really odd one that was in the mix there to me was Maze Runner. And how is that? I'm a big, big Maze Runner fan too. I love those books, and even though I think the first movie is definitely above and beyond the best of the trilogy, I still don't quite understand how you continue the story, or... I don't know. I I mean, and also like I I don't know what the books go beyond after Death Cure, either. I don't either, and I don't
3: under... Why? Like, the YA craze is over, right? Like, everybody who's trying to recreate it keeps bombing at the box office. It's a very confusing choice. I I say just funnel that money into more alien movies, would be my (laughs) advice for the studio
2: I don't know if I would be opposed to that, but I, I think, even though I do like Prometheus, and I kind of like covenant i think i'm with jay on the, this that i want to veer away from that subject no, matter and get are, back to we have alien to let, and alien
3: we have to let ridley scott at least finish his trilogy and then do whatever you I don't want. want
4: to see the michael fassbender michael fassbender love affair again
3: we'll see them we are just not <laughs> speaking
4: the same language also there are three other maze runner books uh there's the killer order the maze runner files and the fever code
2: Interesting. Wow. So, I only read uh, the first one, Scorch Trials and Death Care, which were the ones that were adapted that's, to screen. Yeah,
4: though, so that's, that shows us how they're going to do it. There, I wonder if books. those
2: are like offshoots or something, maybe characters that I don't know about. Well, yeah, Kill Order this. was
4: 2012, Fever Code 2016, Maze Runner Files 2013.
2: I'm like three quarters of the way through my Mi- my uh, Misery audiobook right now, so maybe mm. I'll have to cue one of those up next. We shall see. I will keep you updated. All right. <laughs> we have plugs right now before we move into your live Twitter questions. There's still time to send some in, so keep using that hashtag ColliderMovieTalk and send them in right now. As you well know, we have a ton of Avengers Endgame coverage on this YouTube channel right now, and we are going to have it all the way through to when the movie is released and then beyond, so keep keep uh, an eye out for all that stuff. We're going to have so many like speculation videos, you name it. Tomorrow on Collider, you have a brand new episode of Jedi Council coming your way, and Oh boy, something is coming to this channel tonight. There's excitement outside for the reveal of this show. It is Collider Ladies Night. It is back. It is now a long-form discussion highlighting wonderful ladies in Hollywood that you need to know about. And our very first subject is Amy Simetz from Pet Cemetery. Check out a clip right now. Going back to that point in your career, like where was your mind at when you were making shorts? I accidentally am an actor
1: accidentally and, and that was because I started as a, as a writer and a filmmaker and I was cheap and I also didn't have to explain things to another actor um, and I had very weird ideas and so I was like I'll just do it.
2: Check it out, guys, right after Movie Talk. 6 p.m. PT tonight. So excited for this series. means a lot to me. So a huge thank you to Amy Simons for doing that video with us, and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, we got some Twitter questions. How about a Joker-ish one to start? John Janudis asked, Let's assume Joker is a success. What's the next comic book character you'd like to see get this prestige film treatment?
4: Catwoman. Revenge that garbage they did with Halle Berry.
2: Great choice. Re- wow! Catwoman. I was going to go with uh, Penguin just because I have like a weird obsession with yeah. Danny DeVito's Penguin from back when I saw the ba- Batman Returns, Returns when I was way too young. And I, I How was just,
4: dark that movie was. I think that was one
2: of, the, well, it's one of the first <laughs> times in my life I think I really, this is going to make me sound so sick and twisted, but I really processed like the, the draw I have to feeling afraid while watching a movie. Yeah. Mm. And I think that made me a little obsessed with him. So I was going to go that way, but I think I'd prefer Catwoman first. Yeah, I can't. I, that's it. That's the one. You said it.
4: Yeah, you got to redeem that Halle Berry film. Because that was so You were like, oh, Halle Berry's playing Catwoman. Cool, we get a dope take on this and a new twist on this. And then you look at it and you're like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? So I think if if Joker's successful, that is the next one you go into.
3: I will say I also would love, and I have always wanted this so badly, uh, a really well done Harley and Ivy film. I'm obsessed with Harley Mm. and Ivy and their friendship and relationship. And I would love to see that treated respectfully on screen.
2: I'm into that. I'm into that I'll take them all. I'll take them all. See, this is why we want Joker to be a success. Take big swings with some of these next. All right. Here is a question from Jesse Glazer. With New Mutants officially confirmed for for a theatrical release, according to the Disney CinemaCon panel, do you expect the reshoots to take place in the near future, or will they be scrapped altogether for the cut they currently have? This is a fascinating question after we recently had the discussion about Jeff's piece where he laid out the five options, because... After we went through them all, I was really rooting for them to just sink the money into the movie and do what they can to make a good movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not to say what they have now isn't any good, but if they could make it better, I wanted to see them do that. But seeing that visual of where it's placed on their little timeline from Mm -hmm. CinemaCon, I imagine it's staying in the August zone, August, maybe September, maybe they'll shift it a couple weeks or something, but if that winds up being the case... I would predict that then they're going to scrap the reshoots yeah. Yeah, and just stick what with what they have. There's no time. I mean, I guess you can, Ridley
3: Scott proved you can do things really fast if you need to when he uh, recast Kevin Spacey's role in like two days. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a superhero movie. It's a lot more demands and reshooting. And a horror movie. Right. Well, see, okay, that's what I was going to say. Because wasn't the report when this first happened, and correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't that the movie they have wasn't good, it's that there wasn't enough horror in it. And that was the reason for the reshoots. On the heels mm-hmm. of it. They wanted to lean into the horror vibe, Mm -hmm. which, cool. But if you already have something that's solid, I'm fine with not having a studio come in and go, we like what you did, but we want to make it in the image of this other film.
4: This is going to be interesting because I don't... So they didn't get a chance to do their reshoots because of Maisie Williams' schedule Mm -hmm. for Game of Thrones. But they were able to knock out the Dark Phoenix ones Mm -hmm. with you know Sophie Turner's schedule. This they wanted that's what I heard about test screenings they wanted it to be more filled with horror mm-hmm. that's when you added in Benicio Del Toro and you added all these different people to the cast at last minute they added them last minute and if you're just going to get this film that means Disney's like it's not on us at the end of the day right Disney's literally like we'll release it it's not on us we know who we can just we pick this up here you go. You see it, you see it, you don't, you don't.
2: I guess. I mean, it's kind of nice to see them embrace it at an event like CinemaCon so soon after the merger was complete. Because, I don't know, just seeing the logo up there, I mean, it might be more along the lines of how you described it, but seeing the logo up there, dead smack in the middle of that whole image, made me feel like they're like wholeheartedly embracing it. I think it, they had
4: to, because if, if that thing, that logo, that timestamp they had, the slate, excuse me, had all those movies and didn't have New Mutants up there, the level. of articles that would come out from every Mm -hmm. trade of is New Mutants officially scrapped? That would, that would automatically be headlines.
2: That wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility in my mind, too, because it's like, I think that if that were the case, we would be saying, like, oh, it's going to, it's going to a streaming service. Yeah. Likely not Disney Plus and probably Hulu, yeah. but that's basically the tune I would have been singing oh, had I'd it been, not I'd been, been on, been on that graphic. With that, so. You know, now that I, I think, know. I don't know, I was really convinced for a minute that it was going
3: to Hulu, but now I feel like that's, that's foolish because Disney has a, a pre-packaged superhero movie that they can send mm-hmm. to theaters and make money with like and why would they put it
2: on streaming and essentially wipe their hands yeah, clean exactly. of it once it comes out it's not going to yeah. be a reflection on Disney the brand because we all know it was a Fox movie so and I they mean can, from that perspective I guess they probably should do what they're doing oh, right. was, it, it was Antonio well, Banderas
4: Badde- not Benicio Del Toro I'm uh-huh. sorry about that someone said that in the chat but <sighs> I don't think any hype is going to go behind this any mainstream push behind this mm-hmm. it's just going to be a couple of trailers that's it this is when it comes out.
3: I'm curious because they can position this and Dark Phoenix as sort of the end of an era type thing, like the end of this realm yeah. of X-Men. If they push it that way, that could build up some intrigue and buzz around it, or they
2: might just dump it. Like you said, it yeah, might be a Hellboy situation. Here you go. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, you know, August isn't all that far away, so I would assume we would see something new from <laughs> New Mutants at some point we'll, soon. We will we wait do, and see.
4: it'll be Comic-Con. Uh, it'll be right before mm. it in July.
2: Maybe. Because they didn't do anything at WonderCon, did they?
4: Nope. Not for (laughs) New Mutants.
2: Okay. Okay, I'm. I'm curious to see what they wind up rolling out at San Diego Comic Con this year, especially because they didn't have a presence last year. So I'm just and Star Wars will be handled by Celebration, so I'm yeah. sure yeah. They'll, they'll lean into. They'll put the focus yeah. back on the MCU. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Maybe that's the point we, where we could seriously start talking about maybe mutant announcements too. So mm. who knows? We will be here to cover it all as always. Jay and Haley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. for being our, our CinemaCon Con
4: Twitter. <laughs> no problem. I had to keep sitting there. Oh, everybody probably was wondering, like, why is Jay looking down every time something dropped? I had to make sure I got it out. To, it's to just pair.
2: figures. Like, why doesn't Disney know that our show is right now? Yeah, rude. Just have the panel before so we can be all prepped <laughs> and ready to go. But thank you for doing all of that, Adam in the booth. Thank you as always for your hard work, guys. Please like and share this episode of Movie Talk, and also tell everybody you know about us in podcast form as well. It's a great listen on the road, on the run, wherever you want to go. Thank you guys for watching the show. We will see you tomorrow 4 p.m pt live for a brand new episode
0: Stay little chico pit pool mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.